I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Well, here we are in episode 105, Lies, Lies, Lies. Two men were affiliated with this episode. Clement Virgo directed it, and a guy named Josh Setner wrote it. Center. Center. That's a rarity on this show. They aired in 2004, February 8th, to be exact. We're really getting some good information on these now. Yeah, and... Why not have men involved? There's nothing wrong with Absol- that. No, there's no problem. But it later on just became, it was, and it was great. Like, you know, we had so many female directors and so forth and so on. But um, um, I never saw on this show two men attached to the making to of To all these women. Yeah. But here we are. Okay. Here we are. So we open, we're somewhere in Greenwich Village, seems. There's a blonde woman knocking at the door. The other woman answers. I have nothing to say on about this opening because I couldn't see anything. It was fucking too dark. And all I know is that some girl opened the door and, and, and picked up an artifact that she picked up somewhere in her travels and decided to give a story about it. And then it went dark again. Well, I so, felt bad for the actress because she had a lot of exposition to get out what this thing was. And all I could think about, my only reference was Brady Bunch goes to Hawaii and that damn idol we all had watch that seemed like it had some bad juju on it. And it was, it was scary as a kid. And I was like, here we go. Something's going to happen. Brady Bunch style in this episode, something bad's going to happen. There's a bad omen, but nothing happened. So what the hell did this one mean? I don't know. I couldn't see anything. But then the whole point of the, 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 opening the cold open was the blonde girl was like where's my girlfriend she's like, i have no idea meanwhile she's in bed but what the hell happened with the the, the tiki tie voodoo doll my question is what was the point of that opening that i'm gonna say kate what do you think i'm saying i don't know okay so it never tracked anywhere like in the previous episode i didn't understand episode. the connection all right well so I was wrong last week when I said they all have to thematically make sense by the end. They don't. And if anybody is out there who found a connection. They should. But they should. Otherwise, you're just killing. You're killing precious time if it doesn't have some sort of through line in the episode. What's you're wasting time. Do you think that I don't they like had a, a point and they lost it by the time they wrote the episode? Like maybe it had to do with. Maybe it got cut out and edited. It was so specific, you know, it was very specific. Well, this, this doll's from da da da, and it's, you know, is it about lying and cheating maybe? But what does that have to do with it? Whatever. That's, but that's, if it's about lying and cheating, it's, but wait, but if it's lying and cheating, it's so broad. Those are two broad things. The previous one we had Peggy. I've seen a lot of cheating in this town. 
and I didn't see any wood carvings. I didn't see anything I haven't because seen there was no holes. lighting in the scenes. Oh, this was my favorite. So we're back to hmm. the couple we know and love, Jenny and Tim. America's All of a sudden, Mia, Jenny has long eyelash extensions, <laughs> blue eyeshadow, <laughs> red lipstick. A hot and it's leather a transformation. Jacket. I'm like, I guess this, she, she's the sexual awakening has really come to full fruition here. She's, she's glowed up. She's as, yeah, she's feeling herself and she's feeling her makeup and she's like somebody. Tim doesn't know why she's glowed up. That's, that's, can I say something else about this scene? I'm glad you brought this scene up. I didn't know being a swim coach involved so much paperwork. It looked like he was doing his taxes. (laughs) Did you see that? (laughs) I think he's probably doing little stick figures of the he's swimmers. He's got to figure out, lane. you know, he's got to figure out his, this girl's schedule and like writing. I'm like, wow, it's a lot. The strokes. Well, we don't know the life of the swim coach. I mean, you're right. Maybe you're right. I don't. I just never thought it involved. The clipboard makes sense when he has that. Work. I'm like, oh, that tracks. Absolutely. You got to write down the times and a, and a stopwatch. That all, I, stopwatch. that all makes sense to me. Right. But what the hell is he writing about? You're right. Okay, so then Lara and Dana are in bed, and all of a sudden we see that Dana's seriously embarrassed about something. We don't know what it is. Lara's got her sweet little face at the top. She's like, it's okay, babe. Like, it happens. She, we don't know that, what it is. Lara is... Lara, Laura, God, this name is going to kill me. Laura, Lara is the most understanding, patient, and supportive girlfriend on this entire show so far. No wonder everyone loved her. She's delicious. Oh, yeah, she was a hit. Yeah, I get it. Um, okay, but we don't know it. We don't know what she's. Yeah, no, I thought it was something else. And when further on in the episode, I I didn't realize it was that. Oh, but we got to see the cat too. We got to see Mr. Um, Piddles. Mr. Piddles at the end of the bed, Who? which I was very excited about. Also, you- oh, I noticed this: the exterior shot of Dana's house was such a beautifully fantastic architectural digest house it was on the sticks in the hills like the kind of house we all want and then you zoom into her bedroom and she has like furniture from you know bob's discount furniture (laughs) joint (laughs) and i was like that does not match Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Tina is uh in the kitchen eating pickles, so we all know what that means. Um, and sardines, right? Which is code Oof. for we all know. Pregs. Hmm. How come Bet didn't pick up on that? That was a little because she's is... so distracted. Maybe that was it. That was a symbol of that's how distracted Bet is that yes, she's not even to, realizing. Okay, absolutely. But to Bet's defense, I kind of saw this throughout the episode. I know that she's very caught up in herself, and she is a Type A person, and she is the alpha. But she doesn't know all these things. Like when it's revealed that Tina is the big surprise in the middle of the episode. How does Bet doesn't know? Like, I felt bad. Like, how is Bet supposed to know? Okay, so then Jenny, with all her makeup on, is super excited to go to the planet by herself. Who invites himself? Tim. So now she's like, it wasn't her decision to be there together, but now they're at the planet doing their homework. And Jenny's caught in the middle of this. But I think she likes it. Do you realize Tim brought all of his paperwork to the planet? He's like, let me gather up this this table of, of shit that I've acquired this morning and I'll just bring it all over to the coffee shop. We'll walk over. Let's take a walk, Jenny. Yeah. And well, you know, he's got to hand it in to Randy later. So he's got to get through yeah. that. And but what I think the transition is that that's happening with with Jenny is she's embracing this affair in a new way. She's almost having spider moments herself now. She's she's weaving weaving a web. Well, she's fallen in love with her captor i know but she's comfortable now to have tim in the room and i mean that's a that's pretty it's pretty sadistic i i think it's also because you're right and i think it's also because she's accepted that in herself for the first time she's been fighting it yeah it's a transition jenny she's sort of empowering she's well she she's she's now empowered yeah 
Good, because we need to move this further along to see the the evolution of her. We're back at Bet and Tina's house. Tina is taking um, a pregnancy test. And my favorite moment in this part where she's doing the pregnancy test is Alice is standing there fixing her extensions with a comb. (laughs) (laughs) Those things look like little (laughs) tentacles. I loved it. And why are they brown? And why do they stick those in my hair? Because we used to like highlights. There, that was the thing. But my hair was pretty much blonde. And then there's like these three stiff extensions on the left side of my face that I'm glad I grabbed a comb because comb through them. What's, what are those? The extensions weren't so glommed together. Yeah. I wouldn't notice it. But since they are, it's you have these ten, they're, they're hair tendrils. Uh-huh. That come just out at the bottom. But I like. Yeah. Like it. I should have auditioned for Alien 3. I just watched you like I just like, you know, like holding the ends and like fixing it. And I'm sure in the moment. But where were the ones on the other side? Were they only on the left? You probably were saying to yourself, I want to get these fixed because I don't like how it looks. I probably they were probably driving me nuts. And they were like, I bet the hair department was like, we can't we've established these ugly hair extensions. We can't take them out all of a sudden. Right. But I bet I ripped that. Let's all let's all be on the lookout when those come out of my head, because mm-hmm. I'm going to pop a bottle of champagne. Eyebrows, when those come out, my eyebrows come back. Eyebrows and hair extensions are day. the things that I'm really paying attention to every episode. You have them, too, but at least yours match. Um, It would be like I had, you had three. No, you ones. know, when they used to put, you know, you know, when they used to put extensions in my. Uh, yeah, those extensions in my hair during like a party scene and they would put. A colored strand. Oh, a colored one. <laughs> so I'd have blue or purple, whatever matched the shirt I was wearing. That's and that so was dumb. Shane goes it's festive. So... <laughs> <laughs> you'll see it further on. I think there's a yacht party and you'll see a blue you did thing. Do that. It's that. That's when they would do it. I wouldn't have them everybody in my hair, on the though. show. I mean, on the weekends, everyone's like, when's your hair extension appointment? Like, we all <laughs> had them. Some had more than others, but we, and they were like little bugs. They were like little glue. Things that near your scalp. They didn't put them in my hair during the episodes when it was just regular time. They would clip them on for the party thing. So I oh, you were just thankfully party. didn't suffer the way the rest of you did. Party extensions. But anyway. It's, I bring some sort of Costco-sized box of pregnancy tests. and Yes. She decides to take it with you instead of, instead of waiting yeah. for Bet to come home. She's and then impatient. I explain I, that I need to go back to, to men after Gabby because women right. suck. And when we get back to the planet, we see Jenny and Marina meet in the very progressive non-gendered bathrooms. That was nice. pretty advanced for the outward in 2003. Very advanced. And Good for, for a hot second there, it was at the top of that sex scene. Their sex scene almost looked painful for a moment. I didn't notice that. Okay. It got a little, it got, more, it got more rhythmic when they cut back to it later. But at the top of it, my first thought was, ouch. Huh. Well, it's, you know, it's a quickie in a bathroom and... You know, Tim's outside. Poor Tim. Oh, oh my God. God. Tim. Oh, can I say one other thing? Speaking of eyebrows, they're gone again in this episode. What were you doing? Were they? Yeah. Leave the stuff. Maybe they... I don't know why you're blaming me personally. No, I'm not. I'm just asking, where did they go? It seems like I probably got a fresh bleach job or something. Yeah. All right. They'll come back. I was just... Don't, I was I'm excited. not happy about it. That's okay. And guess who appears out of nowhere? Kit. You know it? You love it. It's Kit. It's Kit number two showing up out of nowhere. Write it down. Does she only have keys to the back gate and the back door? I Well, I wonder. Why don't they trust her with the front door keys? Is it only when the back doors are open? Because that's basically (laughs) we see the pool. And so maybe when Kit parks her bike, she's like, "Ah, I won't bother with the front door. And she goes around the back. It's like, great. They're open. The French doors are open. I'm going to go in. Yeah. Anyway, we see that the big news is the big reveal. Tina's pregnant. We all celebrate. Can I tell you what my thought was when we saw yeah. that, when that when I watched that scene was that um, that Tina realizes she's pregnant with Alice and Kit in the room. I don't think Kit talks like Kit Alice wasn't does. in the room yet. She, she was not. We told her. Right, but she tells her. My point is, is that the three of you know at this in the, in the same moment essentially. I don't think Kit has talks the way Alice talks, but 
my first thought was bet is going to be the last one to know about the pregnancy. Well, that's that was a big storyline in this episode. Exactly. So I was right. So too bad Alice has the information because, you know, she's going to not do the right thing with that. By saying that, by having that feeling when I watched that scene, it proves that I genuinely don't remember what the hell is happening in this show or where things are leading. That's okay. Fresh eyes. It's great. I know. Okay, then before Kit leaves, she asked Tina if she got a letter. She got the letter and it's her son, David. So now we know Kit has a son. It is it is the slow onion peel of Kit Porter because we're starting to see these things in her past that are informing us of who she is. So she has a son. I'm assuming he's estranged because why would his son just write a letter? Um, in the previous episode, she was drinking. You can see Kit, she wants to better herself. And she's trying hard. And I know I love it. I love it. I love her so much. And she's and she's just getting knocked down and she's misunderstood. And I have such an appreciation for this character that um, I'm so happy to to see. Me too. I know. I forgot about the whole storyline with her son. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I'm really excited to watch that. And she's heartbreaking. I know. Well, Pam Greer's the best. There's nobody better. So watching her play this is... A real fucking delight. Ladies, we can all bond over this one. Imagine a bra that you actually want to wear. They're hard to find. We all know it. We've been through how many bra brands? And you're like, I like this about it, but not this. Or They're just uncomfortable. Well, today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. It's real. Say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. It's cool. It's like these little, I can't even describe it, like these little bone things. And it's like, I don't know how they do it, but it's brilliant. Plus, they've made fabric that's so soft, it feels like second skin. So you immediately feel and see the difference. So it's next level comfortable. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash pants. Now, after you purchase, they ask you where you heard about them. Please, please support our show and tell them pants sent you. Honeylove.com slash pants. Treat yourself to honey love because you deserve it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Then we're back home. Uh, Jenny has fucked Marina. Tim never noticed they're back home. And she's now she's flirting on the phone with her old professor. I want to say that she's talking to someone on the phone. And she says to whoever she's speaking to on the phone, she says, guess what? I killed Sarah Schuster. I wrote this down. I wrote, first thought, don't tease me with a good time. Right. Because we're like, oh, good. We don't have to watch. Do you promise? Do you really promise, Jenny? Right, don't right, right. fuck with us. No, it's, we get to see it for seasons and seasons. And Um, the funny part is, is that Tim is jealous of this professor. Right. But this is what's so great that I enjoyed is that the whole time she's actually having this affair under his nose with a woman. Yes, exactly. He's jealous about this professor. Yeah. Who once slept with Jenny. He's just on the wrong track. He's on the wrong fucking road. Yeah. But he knows, here's what it is, though. He knows something's wrong. There, he knows deep down inside he shouldn't trust Jenny. That's what I found interesting. Well, he's the worm is starting to turn a little bit, right? I mean, because we see that throughout the episode because he's, like you said, he's jealous over the wrong thing. He's definitely on the wrong path. But why even have that instinct? 
in a relationship uh, unless because deep down he knows. I mean, listen, that's when what we I'm met, saying. When we met Tim, when things are he, good, you don't have thoughts like that. When when all is well, but when we met Tim, all he wanted to do was make sure Jenny was comfortable and make Jenny happy. Right. So why why why? Like he was very, very catering to Jenny and her happiness and her comfort. And that like you should, if you're a good partner, you should when your person moves to a new town. But it almost felt like he was trying to say, see, it's going to be great. Meaning that like, I'm enough. Like this is enough. Because deep down he does know something. You know what I mean? From the trajectory of the pilot of meeting him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like from the very moment of meeting him, he's been trying to, you know, make her happy and give her what she wants and be everything for her. And yeah, you know what I found interesting that she's very flirty on the phone. Oh, yeah. The person she's really having an affair with, she hides. She's like, oh, hello, Marina. Yes, I'd like to go to the book club tonight. Thank you Mm -hmm. very much. Good. Nice talking to you. But to someone she's not interested in, she's actually flirting with that person. Mm -hmm. You know what the biggest reveal was for me? What? Is when... We're back at Tina's and she's talking to Alice and Kit about being pregnant. Tina's a pill popper. She's like, I'm going to stop taking Xanax. (laughs) You don't remember that? She's like, I'm going to do this pregnancy right. No more this, no more that, no more Xanax. She said that. (laughs) I missed that. Wait a minute. This is huge. Yes. Mm, Tina. Well, she's with Bet. She might need to pop some Xanax. She needs something to calm the nerves and calm the feelings. Wow. That's deep. I missed that went right over my head. And when she goes to call Bet, I love Jennifer in this scene because Jennifer is just, you know, she's multitasking and Tina gets on the phone and then she's bullshitting Sheldon, who's trying to book the impressions of winter. I don't know. Bet has a lot going on in this scene. I thought Jennifer nailed it. And Bet, once again, can't work Tina into her schedule for the day. She cannot right, talk. I know. Ugh, she can't talk. And then Tina's like, I'm going to take care of you when you come home tonight. Yeah. And you know what Jennifer's really good at? What? Fake phone. Fake phone. She is really good at that. A hundred percent. She can give a really good fake phone call. Yeah. yeah. Then Franklin, her boss, comes down the hall and says, there's a, there's a meeting out of nowhere. You need to be there. Which I was a little like, uh oh, we're back at the planet. I just have to acknowledge that Shane's hair in this scene looks like that VJ from MTV. Which one? I don't remember his name, but he was, he always seemed high or something. He was always on drugs. Jesse Camp. Thank you. And that was like his charm is that he's he's stoned and you never know what weird thing he's going to say. And his hair looks insane. That's what Shane's hair looks like in this scene. Jesse Camp. From MTV. Was he around at the same time? Do you think maybe it was happening subconsciously? Maybe. That you liked him? Yeah. No, no, I didn't like him. I didn't watch MTV. He was before. Oh, thank you. Okay, good. So my memory isn't off. Yeah, he was before. But just if you look at the back, Shane has sort of this rat's nest going on in like the back. And that was like you his whole thing. You did watch MTV because we watched The Hills together. Right. You and I. He was a VJ. So that was like more live programming. Oh, like legit MTV. Yeah, I didn't do that. We watched The Hills. But we do learn that it's, she didn't, that that Dana female ejaculated. Female ejaculated. I really liked when she had to lean over and whisper it in Alice's Uh ear. I thought that was, I thought that was cute. Mm -hmm. And we're like, congratulations to you. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Yeah. My favorite line was later when we saw Dana later, I was like, Oh, what are you now having embarrassing multiple yeah. orgasms? <laughs> I know. It was a great line. <laughs> and, so we're okay. like, get over it. Everyone would love to have what you just had. So good for you. This and is then, what we're gonna... so Alice sees a cute guy. She's like, have you seen this guy? He's so adorable. And you're like, oh, that's Lisa. And I'm like, what? And then my mom calls. And this is the first time we're introduced to uh, Lenore. Alice's mother, who you can already tell is a big thorn in her side. Yes, we re, we, we understand the dynamic that right Alice away. has with her family instantaneously. Great. Another right. layer to Alice and understanding who she is. He, he comes over and, you know, and he's Lisa, the lesbian identified man. And Lisa is a tough topic in 2021. We can look at it many ways. 
Sure is. Uh, so yeah, let's look at it all different ways. Cause we, we didn't again write the show. This character came from Guinevere Turner. She had a friend that she modeled Lisa after, if memory serves. Yes. No, that's correct. I remember that as well. So really you could look at it a bunch of different ways. This could be a gender non-conforming person. Yep. This could be someone who's appropriating the queer culture. Yep. You could call Lisa, uh, um, you know, the embodiment of privilege. On the other hand, oh, there's he's that a guy too. who's able to traffic throughout the world as a, you know, a, a, a cis man and then identify as something that he, he that he's not a lesbian. So it's right. It's, he's not really he, living it. And I'm just saying that's another side. Also, let's face it. Lisa was part of Alice's storyline and Alice is the humor and the lightness of the show. So it also could have been a very broad idea that was only there for humor. It was a broad idea, all right, for sure. But, and the thing about Alice is she's so experimental and open to anything, you know, which is why she's so much fun to play. But um, you know what? Before we start judging Lisa, let's... I'm not judging I, Lisa. Let, I just think, or no, bef- you know... Well, you know, you know, I'm not saying... No, not judgment. But before we start, like, nailing it, nailing Lisa down, I personally don't know, remember what happens except you sleep same. with him in a boat. So why don't we hold off and see where that goes and then we'll touch upon it if we yeah, have Yeah, there's a lot to wisdom. remember about Lisa before we just really dive in. Um, and Alice... Um, is taken. She's well, she thinks he's cute. She doesn't quite understand the circumstances she's into right now, but uh, she has to go because her mom is only in town for five days. I really like the unspoken flirt that Alice and Lisa have. You do? I don't. What did we do? I'm not saying I like Lisa. I'm saying I like that little acknowledgement. You like the flirt. flirt. Because, yeah, because okay. you, Alice has to go, but, oh, wait a second. Who's this? But, oh, I have to go. Right. And do we know the name of the actor? He was so sweet. He was from... Um, De- Devin Gummersall. He, he played Brian Krakow on My So-Called Life. My So-Called Life. The nicest guy in the world. It's not his fault. His character is problematic. Such a nice guy. We were very excited when he got cast in the role. Now we go to the hotel and it's Lenore. We get to see her. And who's it's Lenore? The fabulous Ann Archer. Can we acknowledge the guest stars on this show? Because they're amazing. Kate, they're so amazing. They knock it out of the park. We were getting incredible people back then where it was like, Ann Archer's going to be my mother? What? Oh. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> I love, and then you go I, back and you watch Fatal Attraction. You're like, I can't believe that's going to. I love the line in, um, in this scene where someone stops her and mistakes her for playing and being an actor or playing a different character. And she looks and she says, and she's like, and what does she say? She's like, moron. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what else is really refreshing to see in the scene is that Alice, this is where we get to see responsible Alice. Like, clearly she parents her mother. Yes. And it and it's highlighting the mature side of Alice. Sure. That is nice to see. We're starting to get more of a little rounded idea of who this girl is. Not somebody that wants to be put in this position whatsoever, but somebody who needs to take care of this woman and probably has done so her whole entire life. So that's why Alice has her own apartment and she's very career driven. And, you yeah. know, I think that happens like you have to grow up a little more quickly than you'd want to. And it feels like the writers in developing this scene, they're, they're, they're like the character is coming into her own. It, it feels like in the writer's room, like, and, and, and they're, and, and you and the writing are starting to like really find the rhythm. Yes. Yes. I'm Did you starting see that? to get more one liners. Yeah. And I have to just like say again, I think the way we get to know these characters is always through other characters. So like, now yeah. you know a yeah. lot more about Alice because of her mother. And you get to play off of the fabulous Ann Archer, which... Lucky me. Pure gold. Yes. So I've got a $5,000 bill. No, close to six, actually. Um, and you can tell Alice doesn't make enough. I mean, she can do it. She's going to do it. She's probably going to have to pull out of her savings. But this isn't, you know, she's not rolling in the dough. So that's not nice. Yeah, the Alice show has not been no, picked up yet decades later you know it's incredible when we see alice uh not alice when we see jenny and and tim again that again it's amazing that tim is threatened by a teacher well that's the furthest thing from what he should be threatened by 
And when, but that I think is, is what a, a subtle play on, you know, this show being the first of its kind, because you had never seen anything on television where lesbians were falling in love on this level or having affairs or anything. Right. So right. a man would never think that a, oh, that this, girlfriend oh, Jenny's is doing that a woman. With, right. And I think mm. that's cool. I think that's groundbreaking. Yeah, you're right. The sex scene with Tim and Jenny. I'm sorry. I think their sex scenes are great because they're s- stripped down and they're raw and they look real. Yeah, they really do look real. Right. And I thought they gave a very like heterosexual, like man grinding woman kind of overtone to this one. And that's why she's visualizing you want Marina. the audience to like root for her to go back to Marina for these mm-hmm. reasons. Exactly. This is a, a kind of the beginning of how the L word sometimes would take, you know, heterosexual stereotypes and use it to their benefit. Yeah. That's why I say it was always scary for a guy to come on the show because it's they, not like they were always going to be the butt of the joke or. Well, you know what? The gays had been stereotyped for years prior in, in, in entertainment. So, you of know. course, it's our turn now. Don't dish it if you can't take it. Exactly, Kate. Well said. When we see Tina making dinner, Anna was incredibly offended that the chicken was just sitting out on the table getting cold. (laughs) And she said, why is there so much chicken? That's a big meal. Like it's like family style dinner plate. Some people cook to have leftovers the next day. It's not just like, let's make exactly what we need tonight. It's like, I'll, well, cook, that, I'll roast a chicken so we have some for tomorrow's lunch. That's a fair defense, but there is no defense to letting your dinner be cold on the table, according to Anna. Maybe that's telling, though. Maybe maybe Bet was late, Kate. Maybe uh, she maybe didn't Bette want the chicken late. to be cold. Well, you know, and Bet comes in hot because Bet always comes in hot. But what I was saying earlier that didn't make sense is that to Bet's defense, she had no clue what the announcement was from Tina. She's not a mind reader. And she had a shitty fucking day. I know, but put yourself in the circumstance. If 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 Anna was know. like, honey, come home at, you know, seven tonight. I have something important to tell you. Did she give a timeline? You know what I like in television when when they yeah. I like in television or in film when when two characters are making a plan to get together with no specificities. Like, hey, do you want to go out tonight? I'd love to. Great. All right. I'll see you at eight. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> well, that's all this stuff that's supposed to be happening off screen, right? Oh, to satisfy me and give the details okay. just so you can pe- you can ease my anxiety. So she comes home angry. And what's the first? And she said, I can't believe we're having guests. There's a third table setting. How could you get someone? This is my, that's my bet impersonation. It's terrible. It's good. How, I like how, it. how did I can't believe you've invited someone over for dinner. I've had the worst day ever. And, and then stops. And what does she see? She sees the positive pregnancy chest on the third plate. Third plate was pretty cute, I thought. It is. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Can we talk about my favorite scene of the whole episode? Yeah, my what? My favorite fucking scene. It opens up and Alice is at the counter talking to Marina. And I had to rewind this three fucking times. Because <laughs> all I know is that the scene opens up and I hear, if it's good for your mama, it's good for the bloody blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Rewind it again. If it's good for your mama, it's good for the blah, blah, blah. You're killing me because I <laughs> died on my couch. I died, died on my couch. Dying. Because and you I'm know looking, Karina was like, she made it up. And we probably did the take like eight times because, it, you know, it's a camera panning over to the table to begin the scene. So it's just like an opening. It's a way to like enter a scene like you've been in the middle of a moment already, right? Mm-hmm. And how do I, the way I respond. Wait, 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 wait. This is the thing that made the whole thing. This is what made it so spectacular is that, and it's because I know you so well, but that's the Leisha Haley body language for get me the fuck out of here. (laughs) You're like, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. yeah." And you just start Uh walking away. And by the way, you fucking you you win this episode with whatever the fuck it is that you're wearing do you realize you're wearing a t-shirt Kate, with to, a God toothpaste ad on it 
with I... over, over a long sleeve button down shirt. <laughs> Do you realize that? Like we I... paused that. We paused it. No. And I went up to the television and studied it. What did it say? Because I, c- I was kept a, trying to like I think, pet, I think it was it. Spanish. I think it was a Spanish toothpaste ad. I think. Is it an actual toothpaste? I believe so. I mean, there certainly looked like there was a tooth or a toothpaste to or a myself, toothbrush. What the fuck am I wearing? What is that outfit? So look, I mean, we can slam my pants all day long. I'm happy to do so. But this one, you win. Okay, well, what happened in one of the scenes after I walk over to the table, then Marina walks over. So I've got a fucking baby on my T-shirt, right? Mm-hmm. Some crazy looking baby. And Marina's she's a gigantic got an eyeball. Eye. She's got an eyeball on her left boob. <laughs> and then Tina's got one of those puka shell necklaces that she wears in every episode. Yes. It's a giant yes. shell of some sort. And then she has like a thin scarf wrapped tightly around her. Thin neck. scarves were a big thing back then. They were like the they were the flair you would add to an outfit. Yeah. Like Tina was dressed like you know, like she got rejected from the reality bites extras casting. I was going to say she got re- rejected from like the Empire Records extras casting. Okay. Outfit. So anyway, it's not quibble. It's a pretty bad a outfit. Real piece of work standing together in that coffee shop. Like we're cool. I mean, this was truly my favorite scene. Yeah. Of the entire episode. Just because of the outfits or what do we talk about? I think it's all of it, to be honest, between if it's good for the mama, it's good for the blah, 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 to your outfit, <laughs> to your reaction to the line. I mean, it just, it just carried on. It was just brilliance. Um, and what happens is, is that Bet and Tina show up, Tina in that awful outfit. And Bet, I was right, Bet realizes she is the last to know. Because yes. you off camera have We've told everyone. We've all known and everyone's congratulating her. And this is the beginning of, oh, Alice is a loud mouth. This is the best part about Alice is that you have, she has no remorse. She doesn't care. No, I mean, like, tell your wife you're pregnant. I'm sorry. Like, and you know you what? Know, I would... I'm like the TMZ of your friend group. So speed it up, people. And the life lesson here is never rob a bank with Alice. Mm, that's a good point. I'm loyal, though. Sure, are loyal, but you, you you cannot shut the fuck up. No, that was my favorite uh, part. Bet's yeah. clearly pissed off, and you're like, anyway, anyway, so, uh, yeah. Oh, and then yeah. We- and then they get in the car. That's where we see Tina's outfit outfit from head to toe. She's got these like giant lace up chunky boots. Yep. And Jennifer has her lovely sunglasses on, or Bet has her lovely sunglasses on. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, do you want to invite Alice to the the what are those things called? To the ultrasound. Yeah. What do you want to invite her to the ultrasound? You want to so surprise she wasn't there for the insemination? I, oh, I was though, actually. <laughs> actually, you were. <laughs> <laughs> but Tina, oh, and Tina's like, look, babe, this is when I really love Tina. She's like, I need to tell people important things. Exactly. And you're like, yeah, yeah, but Tina needs to share things with people because you're never around. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of your fault too. And that's what yeah. I mean. And that's why I defend Alice's choice to tell people the good news. Hey, listen, I get it. That needs to be more present. Mm-hmm. So Tim's all agitated in this episode. We're back with Randy and Tim. I have a lot it, to say about this scene. I oh. have a lot to say. It really annoyed the shit out of me. Um, I'm really glad Tim has a friend that he can confide in. But this was a really roundabout way of of getting to a point where Tim is, you know, Tim says, you know, you know, Jenny is her own woman. And Randy says, not since she put up that ring on her finger. And she said, yes. I know. And he's like, I don't own her. And then the conversation leads to about trust. You know, if you don't trust her, don't marry her. And I think that was the point of the conversation. If you don't trust, don't marry. But what a roundabout shitty way to get to it. And I'm going to be dead honest. It's not a well-written scene. Well, I'm glad that uh, Tim said something about cave. I'm not a caveman or it's, you know, I don't have the mentality of a caveman. I'm glad they acknowledged that because that's very much what the script was. It was like, okay, you don't own a woman. I hated this scene. Well, also Randy's Randy's just a terrible person to have in your life. I liked Randy. You know, Randy... 
you know, Randy came in with a lot of charm in the first one and he can hit the road too. Yeah, it fully, his personality fully tanked. He lost me. He lost me with that advice. Kate, we're with your favorite doctor. We're with the good doctor in the ultrasound with her, the beautiful, soothing voice of Dr. What's-Her-Name. And um, and again, actually, Bet and Tina, when they see the baby's heartbeat, is that what you see on ultrasound? Okay, Jesus Christ, I shot a scene where my wife had an ultrasound and I don't remember. Is it the heartbeat? Yes, it is the heartbeat. Of course it's um, the heartbeat, Kate. It's their, they have this sweet, genuine moment that I think those two characters desperately needed for the last two episodes. I really like that shot where they had both their faces like squished mm-hmm. together down on the bed looking at the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really sweet. Super tender. Okay, then we're back in the car with Alice and her mother. She's driving Lenore to an audition with Gerard, going on and on about, you know, th- how much she loves her. And and your and and her and her mother, what, what does she say to her? She says something really. She puts her down. Oh, I said yeah, she's. I was like, you look great, mom. Everything you look awesome. And she's like, well, you could you could work you know work a little harder on your face. That's why, and that's why or you're maybe always, you'd get a girlfriend. And you know what I'm noticing is that, and I'm noticing it a lot in this episode with all the characters. But in this episode, I I see the loneliness in Alice. Mm-hmm. Every time someone puts her down, and this is the second time now we had Gabby, her mom, and I never picked up on that before, like even shooting the damn show. Now I am. It's like every character has an element of loneliness behind their eyes. Mm. And well, we're young. We're searching. Yeah, we're young, but we're also vulnerable. It just shows the vulnerability and the sensitivity that's underneath this facade that we all have. And it'll come out with other characters as it goes on, but I don't know. I just saw the loneliness in Alice. I see the loneliness in Kit as well. Like I just see a little element of loneliness mm-hmm. and sadness inside everybody. Yeah. And she's still super supportive of someone who's slamming her right to her face. She's like, all right, I'll, I'll be here. I'm in a park. Like, you know. Since Alice eats shit and doesn't really snap back. Now I believe she would, but she didn't then. You just see it eating, up, eating her up inside. Yeah, it's sad. Like it's her little sad. heart can't handle it. Um but I dropped my mother off. I'm used to this. And yeah. I see her across the street. She goes to a completely different location than where I've dropped her off. And so I get out of my car. I go to see where she is and uh, walk into a like a low rent audition lobby where a bunch of actresses are reading the same lines for something. I asked if this is the Gerard Lickman film. Yeah. And the lady says, no, it's like, I forget his name. Like, Matt, he's from, he's from, he's from, Pasadena. He's from Pasadena and he's a real dick. It was dick. so great. <laughs> it's awesome. And then my heart breaks for my mother because I see her in the lobby of this horror film. Yep. But what do I do? I don't embarrass my mother. And this exactly. is where you really understand Alice because yeah. she's got the heart to let this woman have this reality by herself. And I'm not going to go rubber nose in it. And I thought that was pretty telling. When we get to dinner with Jenny and her professor, First of all, it's Julian Sands. Do you know who Julian Sands is? Yes, of course. Yes. No, another great guest star. Oh, my God. He was in Arachnophobia. Have you seen him in Arachnophobia? No, that I did not see. Oh, my God. It's such a good movie. I wish I had met him because if I did, I would have just harassed him about the spiders and how they made them look real. And I'd want to know all the behind the scenes facts. He's amazing. Like, what a fucking get to get Julian Sands. And... That character, his name's Nicholas, Nick. He gets so off on Jenny's darkness. I know. And I actually thought this was the first time we saw Jenny, more of the Jenny that becomes the Jenny that we know for the next six seasons, right? Where you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know you had that side. Yeah, he has that line. He says, commitment is not your thing. So it's that first little seed. But even the way she's acting and like flirting and she's not the Jenny that, is in the writer's room in the back there in the show. Oh, no. It's a different Jenny. You're right. You're right. And I was like, oh, there she is. Yep. There's Jenny, America's sweetheart. And then when we see uh, Bet back at the CAC about to get canned, essentially. Well, we don't Peggy know Pe- that. She's just like a well, we're assuming. Duck. Well, we're assuming that because it's not, it's not going well. Peggy right. Peabody and her two dogs come in and save the day. That's the greatest scene. Who doesn't want to be saved by... That's the kind of scene you want in a movie, you know, where you're just like, oh, they came in, they rescued my heroine, you know, I love her. And I just everything she does is magical. And I was so happy she saved Bet, And she looks at everyone like, 
We have Holland a lot in this show, don't we? Yes, not enough. And we need to have her now. Alicia, we really need to find a way to, you know, Jennifer's know. always campaigning for this, but we got to find a way to get Holland Taylor back on this show because... Beg, borrow, and steal to get her back. That's what I say. That's what it's going to take. She elevates absolutely everything she steps foot in. Oh, I found it interesting uh, mm. with this professor, Nick, that he talks a lot about demons and possession. And I'm like, yeah. it just hit me because I was like, why is he? It's such a weird uh, analogy to what Jenny's going through. And it just hit me this very second. That's what the damn voodoo doll was. Oh, you figured it out. I just figured it Wait, out. Did you figure it out just now? Just now, because I, I have written down like, oh, talk about the demons in possession. And then it, I just went, do, 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 and it happens. And Alicia, there it is. Thank you. It was Nick's interpretation of right. what Jenny needs to write about. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you. And it's just in the form of a, you know, wooden doll. I'm speechless. You figure that out just now. I am too. I, it's like we should just end the episode right now. Yeah, I respect that. Well done. Whew. Ooh, I just man. had like, I got like a heat, like my, I just, my blood pressure just went up for a quick second. I was on such a high from my. God, that's good. Moment of figuring that out. Wow. I'm really impressed you pulled that all Thank out. Thank you. Now. I know. Really? So now I mean that. it is I really true. Mean and that. I think they all do mean something. And it's not easy to figure out. It's like a game of Clue. It's a game of Clue. It's a game. It's a show within a show. Well, Jenny feels incredibly confident after her dinner with Nick and she skirts right over to the planet to find Marina and Alice and Shane are there. And we truly are like the two old man Muppets who like sit in yeah, the we're, wings of yeah. the opera witnessing it's it all. It's who we are today. Yeah. And we, we don't say anything. We down. just look at each other. We had a whole night at work where we just sat there and watched them cross in and out of the planet. But listen. What? I was going to say that we see um, when Jenny goes to Marina, they instantly go into the back room. And one thing I'm really happy about is that within the original series and this reboot, we've kept the theme of having sex in back, in back offices. Well, it happens all over the place. Bathrooms, offices, you know, coffee counters. Has that happened yet? Well, offices are kind of triggering me now because everyone's always I know they in are. Shane's back office. Everybody has had sex there. Including yourself, I think. Or are you the only one who hasn't? I haven't. No, no you did. No, I did. Yeah, you did. did. Melina. Yeah, right. you did. Um, and I, I like hope that you have a great cleanup crew. I do too. And I like how Alice, uh, like she catches them in the act and you just usher Jenny out of there. Yeah. I like no, that. I'm, I'm just taking care of people in this episode. Mom, I'm going to take you here. Jenny, get mm -hmm. over, come over here. Okay, so... Important to say that the whole time Tim is still on his heterosexual jealousy tour and he goes mm -hmm. to see the professor, assuming Jenny's there, which why does he really assume Jenny's there? This is where I'm like, no, because I think it's it was alluded to that she had a little thing with him. No, I understand. But to really think like, let's say you have an old somebody from your life that you're going to go have dinner with. I don't think Anna would necessarily, you know, follow you in a car to watch you have this dinner and then think assume that afterwards you're having sex in a hotel room with that person like the tr mistrust is deep deeply set inside of tim at this point well as Ran randy very poorly poorly pointed out mm -hmm. you know there's of course trust he did there there are trust issues yeah. so tim is not all that meets the eye he clearly has some very deep rooted very tamped down um insecurities and yeah, or jealousy He's very unsure about something. Uh, and and since, he's with the wrong person if he's got those issues. Clearly, Jenny had a thing. and Or maybe he's that person that just gets jealous of exes. No, that, he doesn't seem that way. Uh, we don't know. We don't he's know a guy that thing. Well. He's like, I know what guys are like. And if you're a guy, right. you'd obviously have Jenny in the room. And that's that right, shit. Right, right. Okay, so then he's like, oh, phew, thank God. Meanwhile, right. Jenny's getting busy with Marina back at the planet. Alice yeah. rescues. Yeah. Tim comes home and sees Jenny typing away at her computer. This is where all the things about demons come out. You're missing the part that I don't know how this happened, but how, how suddenly we went from the planet in one scene all the way to Bet and Tina's because they're hosting an after hours. Oh, yeah. And also that Tim made it from the hotel room to the planet in two seconds. Exactly. But I want to know why Bettina would host an after hours. 
Well, they're having that because they have a celebration. Because she's pregnant. Yeah, and then this just, is where we it see feels Lenora just, sitting next to Shane. Yeah, it, it felt just late feels, for everybody. It feels late. It read it does, late. It feels to like me. a Tuesday night. You're right. It does. It feel read late. around. Like, it, it felt like it was maybe 11 p.m. Because if you're having kind of a long dinner, you're going out at night. I agree, Kate. It did feel late, and it, it and it did feel like a weeknight. Like and why is Lenora night. there? Like, did you pick up Lenore? It's a Thursday. How do you know that? How do you, How do know, you know it's a Thursday? <laughs> because when Sheldon was scheduling that, or Franklin was scheduling that meeting with Bet, she said he said that it was would be they needed a board meeting on Thursday night. Wow! Holy stop, shit! Stop Our paying attention, Melissa. Melissa. Really laid it out that when Franklin said to Bet that he needed to have that that meeting with Bet, it was on a Thursday. So this is Thursday night. Everyone's got to go back to work tomorrow morning. And they're throwing a, a rager by the pool. So after hours at Bet and Tina's. Tina drinks some champagne. Bet gives her a stink face for it. She's like, I'm just having a sip. Listen, listen. Tina already gave up Xanax. Let her, you know, you can't give up all yeah, vices at once. Yeah, she needs a sip. And all, then this is where the, I thought this was pretty clever. And it's kind of a neat thing for us. Um, where Jenny's writing and all her letters are, you know, what she's typing are coming up on the screen and she's talking about lies, 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 the name yeah. of the episode where uh, she's observing that people in the world, basically you're telling little white lies, very black lies, lies, gray lies. There's all sorts of lies. Yeah. And she's just Character. basically trying to make herself feel better because she's telling the biggest lie of all. And and then, you know, and then the the voiceover, it's, I, I like this sequence because at least it ties into all the characters. And as they're, I think it's Julian Sands who's speaking, it's his voiceover. And, you know, he's talking about all the different kinds of lies and all the things we do to shield ourselves. And why do we shield them? It's because of sadness or whatnot, or we're trying to mask it. And, um, and, and, and th- I think this is when I noticed that every character has sadness behind their eyes, where I started to put it together. Like everyone's got something. We just don't know what it all is yet. And the sequence kind of, ma- the, the sequence, in my opinion, sort of made it, that, that, that part of it made the show feel a bit dated, but I still liked it. Oh, I totally think the opposite. I was like, that's what made the show clever. It was sort of like the, you know, the Mission Impossible thing that happened in the other episode. It's like those sort of right. clever ways to make it more exciting television. I like those kinds of things. Oh, I they're liked it. I, trickery, yeah, but it, they're cool. I think it's just the way it looked a little bit. It's just like we wouldn't, you know, what it is. We wouldn't. You didn't see like that the typeface. You would have picked a different. No, font. it's not that. I just it's it's. I, I'm comparing. I mean, I shouldn't compare it because it's so much, so many years later. But we wouldn't see that sort of thing now in a show. Well, I wish we did. Well, maybe that's something you can pitch next season and say, "I really want Julian Sands back to give another voiceover to tie everything up." Okay. Maybe he'll I'm do, it. do that. I like this episode. I like this episode too. I, thought I it was like really the strong. whole show. Um, thank you everybody again for listening to the recap. That was episode five. And, and see, um, until next, next week, week will be episode, episode six. six. Can't wait to see that, you. That's what follows episode five. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by Kate Menig and me, Leisha Haley. Produced by Melissa DeMonts. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow Pants on Instagram at The Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS. Graphics are by Love Fox. 